podcast the intelligence this is julian with louise tyson and nick we're missing a couple of members today but you know we can still make do with them on their little leave first thing i want to jump into of course something a little bit of a lighter topic so i'm from georgia of course not from texas originally but i'm pretty much like 50 50 so i'm like have my citizenship in both states um I was driving through the country today and I saw like a house that reminded me a lot of a Georgia plantation house. There are so many plants. Now that I look back, because I went to Georgia about a couple months ago to visit my sister and stuff like that. There were so much plantation houses. And I always wondered, like, the history of those houses are crazy. Like now they're just like houses that are like a million dollars or something like that. That look really nice. Back in the day. Slaves were just kicking it there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, like, it's like, I look at those houses, and I'm like, I wonder how much slaves were there. Like, how, like, I wonder what this house was used for. Because Georgia was, like, in, like, the deep south. Yeah. Like, that's Georgia, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm talking about, like, plantation houses. I'm talking about, like, the, you remember, you never know, ever watched uh, Django? Yeah. Mr. Candy's house? That, I'm talking about all of them look like that. <laughs> like, like, you can tell, like, they're not just, like, some house that someone decided to build on a whim. Like, that shit's been passed from generation to generation. Right. I mean, you know what? Actually, we saw quite a few of them. In Colorado? Well, not like that, but <laughs> houses that you could potentially see like that. Oh, okay. I was like, what the fuck is going on Colorado? It's like that old school, um, like, pillars. Yeah, those like old, like, white, white houses. White. Yeah. yeah. Those are crazy. Because, like... They're really nice, but it's like it's one of those things where you can't really mistake the history. Like I look, I look at it every single time. I'm like, damn, those are some really nice houses. Slaves were there. <laughs> like, I, can't, I can't, I can't fully enjoy the presence of the house because of the history. You know, it's like you go to like certain areas in the world of history. Like, oh, like Pompeii. This is such a beautiful city. It got fucking wiped off the map. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? It's like all that shit. You can't really enjoy it fully. Because of the disastrous things that happened there. Because you start thinking about it. It's like, oh, well. Yeah, it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, people go people go to visit Auschwitz. And I bet they don't realize, like, what the fuck happened there. <laughs> like, I know they do know what happened there. But it's like, people are like, what the fuck? Like, you never really know the extent. You know, yeah. they're just like, oh, this is, a, this is a prison. This is like, I can see why people, would, like, how people would be, like, kept here. It's like, oh, a lot of people died there. <laughs> Didn't Oprah go to Auschwitz? To check go out. to Auschwitz. Yeah, to like check it out and like kind of do like a whole episode on it. There probably was. It was probably Oprah. I, I thought Michelle Obama did, but that could be just false. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Oprah because I remember. Um, I remember there was something about her talking about the camp and when she was there, etc. It's um, it's quite creepy. I've seen. I've watched a lot of. I actually do want to go myself just as a like kind of because I love history. So like I like going yeah. to like historical. Hey, it's kind of fucked up. She took a Jew there. Like, she actually took somebody who was in the camp back Oh, yes. Yeah. I, t- I took your great-grandchild <laughs> of, the, of a survivor, too. Yeah, no, so, yes, it was her. It was Oprah. And she took a, I'm guessing, a survivor of... Why the fuck the would camp. you do that? 
That's yeah. like, what the fuck is that? That's like, dude, I was... I was sure, like, bad. rub it in or something? <laughs> I feel bad, because I feel like that could bring so many bad memories back. But also, I feel like... I feel like also that kind of brings a, a sense of clarity. Because here's the thing, is that I've also seen, like... there's I saw this one video on YouTube where they brought a veteran of World War II to Normandy. Like, at the beaches that he stormed, they brought him back to the beaches. And, like, he was, like, started crying and everything like that. And I was like, I don't know if this is good or bad. <laughs> like, it's like, because I know he's crying because of, like, what happened there. What kind of crying was it, like? It was, like, it was weird. It was, like, happy and sad crying at, like, the same time. And so, I mean, like, maybe he was happy because, like, he had, like, clarity that he went back and everything was, like, peaceful. But also, like, he was sad because, of course, like, a lot of his friends and comrades died on the beach that he was standing on. Yeah. So, it was kind of, like... It's like, I feel like to a degree she was trying to do something good, but from my like outside perspective, that looks terrible. Like, why would you bring a Jewish person to Auschwitz? <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, Oprah. It's definitely, that's not the smartest move. Yeah, I don't think that was the best. Um, actually, maybe it was the best marketing move she could have Maybe. I saw another video where they brought a Nazi school teacher and a Jewish person who survived the Holocaust together, and they had like a conversation. I saw that. Oh yeah, those are really crazy videos. Because think about it; those are that's a point of history that no one but like a select few has ever actually gone through. Yeah, and those were two separate. I mean, literally, it was a Nazi school teacher and a Jew that was in a in a camp. So that for them to sit down and kind of talk to each other, it was kind of like kind of making history because it was pretty much like enemies talking to each other decades after the actual thing happened. I mean, I think I saw them. It's been a little while, but didn't yeah. they get along too? Yeah, they, they got along. They actually, like, they, they're they old, they're old, like, old women. They were both, like, 80, 85 or something like that. No, but they got along very well. Like, they both said, like, they enjoyed each other's company and stuff like that. Kind of shows, I mean, like, of course, like, everyone knows already, like, war and stuff like that is kind of, like, a more political than social. Like, most people, like, as, for instance, in World War One. That whole like Christmas truce where like I think it was like French and German soldiers or something like that. But like they stopped to play soccer. Yeah, they stopped to play like soccer that. in no man's land. Like for for Christmas, it like it really shows that like I mean it's more political than it is, you know, social. I mean those those men didn't want to kill each other, but of course the countries were at war, so they kind of had to kill each other. Oh yeah, no, it's definitely political because, I mean, to a certain degree, right? It's political because you're gonna go defend your country no matter what, right? You don't want your people to be harmed either but you don't want to get harmed yeah you don't want to be in it fuck i don't want to be in war i don't want to be in war but it's like us. you know america kind of just kind of jumps into it too. yeah so <laughs> yeah we gotta be chill we gotta be calmed down as american citizens because like america just be jumping into every fucking fight like it's world star <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, vietnam like, yeah like, like america's like the fucking the filmer of the fights and then they just get like that one punch that brings them into it <laughs> Did you know how, do you know how big Auschwitz actually is? I didn't, I never saw like the actual like schematics of it, but it looks pretty big when it came to like the video. So it says here that it's actually 6,000 football fields. Boy, what the fuck? <laughs> Damn. That is not what they show on the videos. That should look like maybe like five football fields or something like that. Yeah, no, Auschwitz is actually 60 or 6,000 football fields. I feel like all that land though could be also implementing the like because i feel like at auschwitz they the had camp, like the camp itself like the the surround fence that they had was six thousand square feet or I've, six thousand football fields. yeah i feel like that has to that also brings into account i feel like in that fence they also had like where they worked and stuff like that oh yeah, yeah, yeah it wasn't just like their living quarters it's like where they worked like whether it was like another like side camp or something like that 
feel like it was pretty gigantic. I mean, no, it's fucking massive. It, it roughly translates to three hundred and forty-seven acres. That's a fucking lot. Because you go back out in the country, some and like that includes three hundred barracks and other buildings, ten miles of barbed wire, and four gas chambers, with crematoriums. Not to like, I guess, roast the Nazis. Oh, that was such a bad pun. Oh, <laughs> no pun intended. How the fuck do you only have four gas chambers for that much people? You have to realize how big they are. Yeah, you. Oh, are they big gas chambers? Yeah. I don't think they were small. I, the one I saw on the video, it looked pretty small. Well, like, they're packed in their shoulder to shoulder. Well, of course. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, like, still, that would like, I feel like you could make it like a lot, a couple more if you really wanted to. It wasn't in the funding. It wasn't in the funding. <laughs> the, the Adolf Hitler was just slacking a little bit. Nah. He was too busy on the other side. <laughs> I'm trying to find out how big they are because I'm pretty sure they're pretty massive. Yeah, I, maybe that I don't know. Maybe the YouTube video I saw they went to like mini Auschwitz. About two thousand people at a time could be put in to death in each one of them. Okay, well then, because they weren't just killing everybody. Like no, but that's a lot. That is a fucking lot, people, It's pretty terrible. That's that's why the extent of World War Two is like kind of crazy to learn about. It's like two thousand people at a time. Four gas chambers each. You're saying so eight thousand people could basically die in like a minute. That's kind of crazy, cause like if you think about, it, I mean, like eight thousand people. That's triple the size of our class. Imagine three of our high schools. But like that's that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty crazy. I mean, the average small venue um, for like um, comedy or presentations or things like that mm -hmm. is two thousand people. Oh, okay, so yeah, like imagine like a little comedy club just getting killed. That's Packed. A That's a lot. lot. <laughs> That's a lot. Imagine like one of the clubs we go to, pretty much just, oh, everyone just drops dead at once. Dude. It's a lot of people. Crazy, yeah. But I saw, I watched a video of, I watched a YouTube, or not a YouTube, I watched a Netflix, I don't know if you've heard this this uh, movie, it's called uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Mm -hmm. It's a really, really good movie. I would suggest watching it. All Quiet on the what? All quiet on all quiet on the Western Front. So basically, it's a point of view of a soldier who enlisted in the German Army in World War One, I, I believe. Yeah, it was World War One. So it's a World War One movie. Basically, it was about uh, it was it followed a German soldier, and it really shows like the gore of war. It shows like it's pretty crazy because like it it's interesting seeing the perspective of the losing side because by the end of the movie. It shows how, like, desperate the Germans were. It really, like, it showed, like, the extent of, like... And it even showed the worst parts of war as well. Like, for instance, um... Now, I don't know how accurate this is to history. I'm pretty sure it's pretty accurate because it's a war movie. I'm pretty sure they have to kind of base it on realism. Um, but at the very end, the armistice... Of course, I don't know if you guys know. The armistice was signed on the 11th day of the 11th hour of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um... 11th month, 11th day, 11th hour. So November 11th um, at 11 a.m. And at the, end of it, at the end of the war, it got to the point where every, every single person knew the armistice was getting signed. The Germans knew it, the French knew it, the British knew it, the Americans knew it. So everyone stopped fighting. And then the German like, sergeant or the general or whatever like basically like forced the German soldiers to fight until 11 a.m. Being like, we're not going to die pussies. Like you're going to go home like warriors or you're going to go home dead. 
So basically, like, until 11 a.m., literally, like, they started marching towards the front line to start attacking the French position again. And literally, the guy, the main character was like, how much time until 11? And he was like, the other the so, other German soldier, I don't know who he was. Oh, they're just counting it down. was like 15 minutes. In that 15 minutes, they were able to, like, charge. They got into their, like, into their um, trench. Like, I'm talking about, like, everyone was dying. Everyone was getting, like, blown up. Everything was happening. And then literally, I don't know how realistic this is, but, like, they literally stopped the war at 11. Like, they, like, blew their whistles, and they are like, stop shooting. The armistice is done. Oh, shit. So, like, I don't know if that's real or not. I don't know how real it, I feel like it would be a little bit harder to stop fighting. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like you wouldn't be able to just, like, fucking, like, whistle and everyone would be like... Like a okay. soccer game. Yeah, yeah everyone, <laughs> Like, you're about to stab someone, you hear the whistle, you're just like, damn it, just walk away. <laughs> damn it. Got away. And, but, like, that... I, I feel like that just shows, like, how terrible it was. Can you imagine I mean, being that guy that gets stabbed, like, 20 seconds before no, what's, and you just hear the whistle and you're, like, dying, you're like... That's it. <laughs> it sucks. That's how it is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's no, but it's it kind of does suck because there's a guy. I don't. I forgot if it was World War One or World War Two. I'm pretty sure it was World War One. Not 100 percent sure though. It was World War One because it was trench warfare. World War Two didn't really have that much trench warfare like that. Um, but it was funny because not funny. R.I.P. This guy fucking worst this guy had the worst luck of all time he heard the whistle this is real by the way this is a real person that died he was the last casualty of world war one he heard the whistle jumped up in excitement and got sniped (laughs) 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 so he died he died celebrating the war ended and (laughs) and he was the last he was like he was written down as like the last casualty of world war one or World War II. I'm pretty sure it was World War I, though. Could you imagine you're so excited, you jump up in excitement and immediately get sniped? That's, that's a foul, man. Yeah, that, that's a foul. <laughs> what are you going to do, red card? Or <laughs> <you're> like... <laughs> First of all, that sniper was in, like, phase or something, bro. How do you catch someone jumping Jump up? And what? That's, that's what I'm thinking about. I'm trying to imagine, like, the guy, like, jumping up and celebrating and just straight headshot. That's crazy. Like, that sniper was on something... That sniper was a danger or something. Yeah, for him to for him to get that accurate of a shot, that's crazy. That but sucks. Uh, I know, right? That would like imagine that would suck ass. Like you're the last <laughs> death only because someone else didn't it pulled the trigger after the war. Yeah, after the whistle. That's after the whistle, whistle like, bro. That's like about that. somebody blew a whistle, and I was supposed to be safe, and I got taken out. That's what that that's like that's like getting slide tackled after the game ended. <laughs> it's like you're just like you're just like standing there walking off the pitch, someone slides into you. Oh, it's like for what purpose? Sad. Now you're injured on his case, he's dead. But it's a really interesting movie though. It really even though if it's not hundred percent accurate to lore, yeah. It is still interesting to see like how like the German side could have and would have acted in certain areas. <coughs> I, bro, that's one of the few things that I'm really into. I wasn't into in school, but I love watching, like, historic movies. I don't know what it is about it. I just get so, like, locked into it. I think learning history, because I don't, I don't like school. I'm, I'm not the, I'm not the best person when it's, I'm like, I guess say, I don't really tell people to go to school. In fact, I pretty much preach the opposite, unless you're going into, like, a field that absolutely requires schooling. But history is one of the one things that I feel like everyone should learn, even on their own accord. 
Because history was the only subject in school that I actually cared about. And the only subject in school that I actually, like, got always in 100. And I always, like, was locked in. Except Texas history. That shit was boring as fuck. <laughs> and American history. American history is pretty boring, too. Besides, like... Like, the entire, like, whole Western expansion part of West American history. It's like, okay, cool. Like, we're just going West. And then a lot of people died. <laughs> yeah. But, like, a lot of the history around the world, though, is crazy. You have battles... You have wars. And the thing is, a lot of things, the school doesn't teach you in the in-depth version of war. They'll be like, oh, here's World War One, Here's World War Two. They don't teach you how, like, in World War Two there was an all-black battalion that, like, did a bunch of cool-ass shit. They didn't teach you in World War One about, you know, how the people of the German side, the French side, reacted to different things and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, like, it's interesting because... Learning history, I think it's a duty for everyone to at least look into history because I mean that's where we came from. Like without people going to war, war one, war or two, we wouldn't be here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A lot. So it's like one of those things where it's very interesting to learn history from the past. Is you in history from the past is you can do that from far away. Like yeah, we're talking about war one, war or two, but you could go back to like the Roman Empire. You can go back to the Aztec Empire. You can go back to like turkey and like all the crazy shit that the ottomans were doing because like that that all is just completely so interesting and you know i'm gonna go ahead and say that how how is there so much history in these movies and not how is there so much history in general from dinosaur times to ottomans to aztecs to the chinese and the ming dynasty and stuff like that and no one's making good movies. All the movies I've watched recently are fucking ass, except for the All Quiet on the Western Front. What you talking about? We got Thor. Thor, um, Love and Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely agree. That's historically that. accurate. Historically accurate with yeah. Thor? Thor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Seuss just having a straight origin in his palace. Yeah, that's, that's pretty accurate. I think. That was crazy. That was, the <laughs> ugly, that was the ugly scene. I didn't... That movie was good, but that movie was also like it was like it wasn't it wasn't good though. No, was I, I was saying it was good. It wasn't good. It was not. It was, good. Uh, it it was like mid at best. The action scenes weren't even good. The action scenes weren't even good. It's I think the the worst thing about the the horror Lo love and thunders uh movie. They tried to implement too much comedy into serious parts. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because at the very end, where Thor was like literally about to die. Like, he was still cracking off one-liners. <laughs> like, like, bitch, you're about to die. You ain't, like, the Terminator. <laughs> like, calm down. What the fuck are you doing? It's just ridiculous. Yeah, the, the, I don't know. Acting, movies, at least... At least the ones we're used to have definitely declined. I think they were trying to imitate Robert Downey Jr. Because yeah. he killed it as Iron Man. Mm, and he was yeah. just quick-witted. Yeah. And he, Iron Man, I think, was the most successful. Out of, uh, other than the Avengers. Yeah. So they were just trying to replicate... Tony Stark's humor for every movie after that. Yeah, and that fails because, I mean, the reason why Tony Stark's humor worked was because of who Tony Stark was. Yeah. He was a billionaire, playboy, the lamp for... The lamp for... Fuck. I, fuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. The and, yes. Had billions of dollars, made suits. He was a narcissist. So, those jokes worked. Yeah. Thor is as a god. <laughs> well, that's, that's what I'm saying. I feel like the only person who may... And there's not, like, me saying for sure, but... Might be able to get away with it, Spider-Man, because he, at least Tom Holland's Spider-Man. He's a kid. He's a kid, but he also grew with, with Robert, Tom, Robert with yeah, being like his mentor, right? So I feel like he's the only one that might be able to get away with it. But at the same time, 
You don't want to replicate what was already made. You kind of yeah. want to give him a, his own story. I think they're doing own. good with that, though. I think so. Like, they haven't made Spider-Man into, like, an Iron Man 2.0. Like, he still has his own, like, teenage dramas and teenage battles. And, like, he, he's not, like, a narcissist. He's actually, he's still very, like, nerdy teenager. Yeah. So I think they're, he's doing, they're doing good with that. Even though he was, to, like, linked to Iron Man, basically. I like that they pressed, like, a reset button on him. Did you like that? I actually I, did. I didn't like that at all. I think it was like I don't think it was like poor writing, but like it just kind of left me very like with a sour taste in my mouth, you know? Because they they've been building up his relationship with um like the two, you know Zendaya and I forgot the other guy's name. They he's been building up that relationship for movie like movies on movies on movies, and they just wipe it clean. I like it because it's like a, <clears throat> it's been proven multiple times that people don't like a rewritten original story. Yeah. Like Superman, Spider-Man, Iron Man. So they're trying to just go back to the meat and potatoes of what Spider-Man was. Because if they got too far ahead, they would have to recreate new stories and people just don't like that. They know Spider-Man as the nerdy kid in high school that has to, you know, that has a double identity yeah. that people don't know about. And they're just going back to that main point. So people, you know, from any age range can enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. That's what I see it as. That's really good, though. Because, I mean, they do, they, like kind of what you just said, they do set it up to where they can make a fuck ton of more Spider-Man movies now. Because they can pretty much go from anywhere. No one knows who Spider-Man is again. So, yeah. like, they can literally create a bajillion different things. If Spider-Man wants to turn evil, he can turn evil. If Spider-Man wants to just be Spider-Man again, like, kind of how, like, um... Like the original Spider-Mans, where no one knew his identity at all, then they could do that. Well, uh, yeah. So this is where I nerd out about, cause I'm I'm a very like I love Spider-Man one, like the mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> Tobey Maguire and also um, Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Yeah, I love their stories because it was the original story, right? Uncle Ben dies, you become this person, blah blah. blah. Now we got Tom Holland Spider-Man, who finally had that loss of his aunt. Yeah, right. it wasn't the uncle, but at least we got it right, and we got to see him kind of. They made Aunt May fine though. <laughs> she was pretty fine. <laughs> yeah, like they, she went from like an old lady in like the old like comics and movies to like this girl. Do you know how old the actress is? I think she's like in her fifties. The girl that she just did, the one that was like in the recent one. Aunt May. Yeah, like the new Aunt May. Yeah, I think she's in her fifties. She does not look fifty like at all. <laughs> she she might be a little younger. Right. Yeah, fat check. She has um fifty eight. Fifty eight. Oh, <laughs> yeah. bro, she does not look fifty eight at all. She looks like I'm a. That's fifty eight years old. That she got the Shakira syndrome, bro. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. That's Shakira. I don't know if she was fifty eight. Yeah, she's. That's crazy. You know who also kind of has that symptom, that syndrome, the Shakira syndrome. By the way, Shakira syndrome. I'm relating it as people who are very old, but look very young. Like Pharrell. Pharrell's like <laughs> fifty five and he looks like seventeen. And he's still making bangers. And he's still making bangers. Who's that girl from Bird Box? She's one of my favorite actors. Oh, and Angelina Jolie? No. Oh Sandra Bullock. Oh, Sandra, Sandra Bullock. Bullock. Yeah. She has the Secure syndrome. Yeah. She looks I don't know how old she is, but I know she's old. Um, she, she might be fifty eight as yeah, well. Yeah, she might be fifty eight as well. She looks like thirty five max, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, she looks just like Back when she was young. That's crazy. I would. I hope to have those jeans. I wanna. I wanna look twenty five. Uh, I read some, I saw something. I think it was like 
Ellen DeGeneres show. Oh, <clears throat> now, I don't know how like real this is, but apparently, I think it was Sandra Bullock that was on it. Her key to staying young is they would cut Korean baby foreskin. What the fuck? There's no Sandra way that's Bullock, real. Korean baby foreskin or something like that. So you're saying, what, like they cut the foreskin off and like implement it into her skin because it's young child skin. I can kind of see that though. I can, no, 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 well, hold on. I can kind of see that. I can see that. Please break that down. I can kind of see that working, though. Because, like, I mean, if the body works like this, which it does to a degree, because this happens all the time whenever people need to replace, like, parts of their skin. They'll put, like, like whenever people they need to heal their skin, they'll put, like, fish scales. Whenever people want to, like, add stuff to somewhere else, they'll cut, like, something off their body. If you put, like, skin cells and implement it into other skin cells it reuses those cells and implements into your body. So if she is using super young Korean foreskin and implementing it into her body, it could help her cells regenerate faster, making her look younger. younger. Because, of course, the faster your cells regenerate, the fast, the more younger you look. That's why babies look, are, so, look so young. Because, or, like, because, you know, their cells regenerate at, like, a way faster speed than, like, a, six, a 58-year-old. So they call it the penis facial. Yeah. Okay. Um, it is... He is right. Basically, there's some enzyme in it that helps your skin <coughs> develop. Um, and it was actually um, Kate Blanchett, Blanchett, the person. It's some famous um, model in Australia and co-star of the Bullock movie, one of Bullock's movies. She says that's a penis facial. There's some type of enzyme in it. I don't know what it is, but I know if it helps out with age. Like I said, I think that's exactly what happens. Because, I mean, it's one of those things where have you ever seen, like, people who, like, they have, like, something missing? Like, they have, like, skin missing. They'll replace, they'll take a part of skin or somewhere somewhere else and they'll place it there. And then it ends up healing over time. Yeah. Like, I think that's what it pretty much there does. There are rumors that other actors use it, like Katy Perry, Emma Stone, Linda Evangelista. I don't doubt. So um, this is a widespread thing. Well, think yeah, about it, right? this might be, like, a known thing. These are all celebrities. They definitely have the money to do this. Well, that's the thing to age. All it is is <clears throat> enzymes breaking down cells and rebuilding them. Yeah. And the speed of it is what causes people to look younger. Yeah. And as you get older, that slows down. So if you're able to prevent it from slowing down... You're going to look young for a long time. Exactly. There's only one woman that I don't care how old she is. Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer she, Aniston. She is so beautiful. I mean, I don't know what it is. Even since she was younger to now, she looks the same. Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, she was just oh, like is that it the, is that white girl? Yeah, yeah she was just... No, like, okay. <laughs> She's the girl from Friends. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah dude, she bad. I don't know what it is, but... I There's a lot of people that have Shakira syndrome. J-Lo, Pharrell, Shakira herself, Sandra Bullock... Um, there's a lot of, just like, just, I think mean, a lot of look actors up, do uh, it, honestly. Look up, uh, what's his name, what's his name, what's his name? He's from Full House. Um... Adam Sandler? No, no, Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, I, that's the wrong Adam. <laughs> he's, uh... John Stamos? John Stamos, Stamos that's yeah. what I meant to say. That guy, he's like... He's 59. He looks young. Look, look, show, show them pictures of John Stamos, man. Bro, what the hell? John Stamos looks young. <laughs> he looks like 40 at most. Dude, 59. 59 years old. That's crazy. I'm gonna have to get on this Korean penis. What's that music <laughs> right now? Oh. That basketball show? Yeah. For the audience. If you John want to Stamos. 
Yeah, dude, there's some... There's, oh, these actors, man. These actors are going... These actors are crazy, bro. I couldn't even imagine like that's this. That's how they thing. get paid, man. That, that, uh, yeah, their face is how they get paid. I'll be, I'll be paying for that shit too if I could. That's what they gotta do. That's but, crazy though. Like what? looking that young. That young, that early. Like that's like, like he's like sixty. He looks like forty at most. That's kind of crazy. Like he looks like younger than some people's dads I know. And like some <laughs> yeah. people's dad, he looks younger than my dad. My dad's like 55, 50. Yeah, he definitely looks younger than my dad too. That's pretty much the same age. Like, that's crazy. But, I mean, this is one of those things. Like, money money is how you... If you're rich, you can look good. The ugliest people can look good if they have money. Well, they say money pretty much fixes, fixes most physical difficulties. Oh, definitely. Have you guys seen Ariana Grande recently? No. Oh, I think I actually did. But what, what's, what are you going to say about She's, it? like, really frail looking. Yeah. Skinny, bones are sticking out. I thought I was bugging out. I saw a video of her, like, on TikTok. It literally popped up on TikTok. The only Ariana Grande video I've ever seen posted by her. Yeah. And it was, like, her on TikTok. And she looked like, oh, she looked like just malnutrition. And I was like, is that, like, the lighting? Or, like, is that, like, her? It was actually in response hey, to people yo. questioning her, her uh, body. Yeah. Because she's just looking really 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 skinny and unhealthy i don't i didn't watch the video because i don't have tiktok but yeah of course they were uh she was just explaining something about how she's in like the best health of her life and uh i feel like that's like she's i feel like she's been trapped into something you know that the whole thing because like like especially she lives in like la doesn't she i just how does that happen where you have this like this completely wicked sense of how what health is exactly like you you have because she's been in the same physique for i mean when she started in what was that victorious yeah she started like pretty much in victorious as her like main thing and then ever since then she had she got a little bit more body fat after victorious but like the, but she got like healthy body yeah. fat like it was healthy now she looks like as skinny as she was in victorious or maybe even worse even worse well that's the thing is how do you because she's saying i mean it could be like anorexia or something like that, where you think. The yeah, you could you think that like you. Yeah, look... that's pretty bad, guys. Oh yeah, that's see, that's what I'm saying. Like she looks so much thinner than like. Cause Ariana Grande, she, like for her weight, she was very like yeah, she's like skinny. Yeah, it just like you said, how do you wake up and you're like this is the right. Yeah, it's one of those things where Ariana Grande, she was like a perfect weight. I feel like back whenever she had her like uh, Thank You Next album. Like it looks, she looks very healthy. And for the most part, people have like a, a basic idea of what healthy body is. Yeah, because I mean, you don't have to be like skin and bones to be considered healthy. In fact, that's actually <laughs> quite worse. It's, it's, it's kind of, actually worse. It's yeah. like that thing. It's like both sides of the extremes are bad. Whether you're grossly overweight or grossly underweight, it's gonna be bad either way. Yeah. You have to find that little middle ground. And like. Like that, it looks like she's getting to that point. It doesn't look like she's tipped over it yet, but it looks like she's slowly kind of getting to the point of being like kind of mal like malnutrition or whatever. And like she's getting to the point where it might actually end up being not healthy for her to like be that skinny. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. What do you think, Tyson? No, yeah, I definitely agree. But it's just one of those things. It's a lot of the, a lot of money can money does fix almost all problems. Like. Especially when it comes to physical. But not all problems. That leads into something, though. And I just thought about this because I was looking at the pictures of the video and everything. How come they push so hard on, oh my gosh, she's losing so much weight. Oh my gosh, she looks so skinny. She, she looked malnourished. Whatever, right? Mm -hmm. No 
Nobody tells that to Lizzo. Nobody tells the opposite of Lizzo. <coughs> well, why I think accept her for who she is. Yeah, why don't you accept her for who she is? Well, the thing is, is that... No, I know it's not healthy either or. No, no. I'm just like... I understand because it kind of, again, lies on the both of the spectrums that being grossly overweight and being grossly underweight isn't healthy for you. I mean, that's just literally scientific facts. I mean, if you're overweight, it causes problems in, like, your cholesterol, causes problems in your digestive system, everything like that. If you're grossly underweight, it pretty much does the same thing. Just instead of it being an overuse of it, it's an underuse of it. And it's one of those things where, like, a lot of people, I think, are afraid to talk about obesity, even though it's a very common thing. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, obesity is not a good thing. I mean... No matter how you look at it, being obese, being overweight, it does cause health problems over time. And honestly, me coming, because I used to be fat. Like, I used to be properly fat. I was, like, 300 pounds. Like, I looked in the mirror. I'm talking about, like, belly, you know? I'm not fat anymore, but whenever I was fat, I wasn't happy. You know, I was, like, happy, quote-unquote, but it was, like, fake happiness. Now that I'm not fat... I, like, can't even look at myself back in those pictures and be like, why was I, how was I like that? You know, that's what I think about myself back then. It's you, like, don't th- you don't look back and you're like, oh, that was healthy. Yeah, I look back and I'm like, why did I let myself get to that point? You and know? these standards don't apply to everybody. If you go, and I was talking to Luis about it, <clears throat> go to your local Target, go to your local Walmart, go to your local Nike store. You can go to the women's section and you'll have uh, uh, plus size models. Right, yeah. that wear the shirts. Feel yourself. Yeah. Because right. it's for you. And they'll have actual mannequins that are wearing the plus. I get it, like maternity stuff. Right? Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, maternity is a whole different but thing, though. If yep. you go to any store. Literal human in you. It's literally. <laughs> but if you go to any store and you look at these mannequins for the woman's size, they have plus size and love yourself and blah, blah, blah. You go to the men's size. Oh, and pictures, models, right? Mm-hmm. Like models in the. Happens a lot of like Vogue. They're doing a lot of yeah, like, exactly. that now. Go to the men's section You're in gonna... Target, Walmart, Nike. There is no man that is unfit or bigger than maybe 150 to 190. Yeah. Right? They're all in perfect physique, and there is no picture, as far as I've seen, of a mannequin or of a model that is plus size for men. You know what's terrible? You don't even see dad bods. No, you don't even see dad bods. Every single model that's a man always ends up being, like, fit. Yeah, I was just in Target today. Every yeah. single mannequin has a six-pack. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm re- I mean, I always say unrealistic, but not everybody's going to look like that. Well, the thing is as well is that I think uh, what's worse is that a lot of people get upset about whenever people talk about these double standards. But honestly, it happens a lot with women whenever, like, again, like how you just said, that there's a lot of women, like, over, over obese models, like, as in, like, the mannequins are, like, bigger and stuff like that. I think they're just capitalizing on obesity. I think because the thing is that a lot of people don't like to be told they're obese. A lot of people like to live in ignorant bliss. Even I was, I loved to live in ignorant bliss whenever I was fat. But the thing is that hearing the truth as a bigger person probably is the best thing you can do because that shows you that the person that is talking about it cares. You know what I'm saying? If someone, if someone's over here promoting obesity, they don't care about you. They care about making money off of you. You know what I'm saying? All the, all of Nike, all of like target all of vogue promoting like this obese and unhealthy lifestyle they're just they're not trying to keep you they're not trying to support your body they're trying to make money off of you i mean facts because if you're there and you feel let's say bad about yourself you look at the model right there and this plus sized uh plus size model in her picture you're like oh if she can make it on the billboards if she can be 
on Nike. I mean, it must not be that bad, but they won't be there for you when your knees start hurting and you need to go to the doctor regularly, or they won't be there for when you're having struggle, uh, struggling to breathe while you sleep. They don't, they don't care about any of that stuff. Because a lot of things that will happen is that a lot of people are okay with being obese and overweight right now, but once you start getting older and kind of like how we were saying earlier, your enzymes start slowing down, your body starts you know, taking longer to break down old cells and renew them with new cells, the more you have this weight on you, the harder it's going to get for you to actually start living your life as a functional human being. I mean, I was watching this episode of 600 Pound Life, and I understand that to a degree, the 600 Pound Life episodes are the the extremity of yeah. what obese could be. But it's even one of those things where, like, I even know people like my dad. My dad isn't 600 pounds. He was, like, 350, maybe, like, a little bit higher than that. And he's, like, in his 50s, 45. Or at this time, he was probably, like, 45. And, like, he, like, it hurt. And, like, you know, whenever he was sleeping, he, like, had, like, he was snoring super loud, which snoring isn't a complete byproduct of being overweight, but it does, usually whenever you do snore, it does usually develop from you being overweight because it hurt, like it's like on pressure on your lungs, so it's harder for you to, your body to breathe. But he would snore super loud. It was hard for him to move. He couldn't really walk that much. And it's one of those things where it's like, that happens a lot and people are promoting it. So it's like, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And they don't talk about that. People don't talk about the bad parts of it. People only show, oh, you're young, you're 400 pounds, you're young, you're fine, your body's healthy. Your body's working overtime. Well, that's another thing I want to talk about too. Because, yeah, because think about it. When the point, as far as, as we know, of human existence is just to reproduce. Yeah. Continue, right? So all these things about, and this is just gonna go like a bribe, wide variety, mm-hmm. being obese or or doing drugs or getting into, you know, uh, OnlyFans stuff like that. Both men and women, they don't think about uh, their kids in the future and how this is gonna affect future generations. And yeah, what exactly. I mean by that is because if you're old and you can't keep up with your kids anymore, or if you keep, con- only purpose is to reproduce. That's yeah. our only purpose in life, and if we start affecting that. By not being as healthy and by doing only fat, dude. I was hearing this kid. Um, he was getting bullied in school because the other students found his mom's OnlyFans, and oh. they were just showing it to around the class. Dude, how? What would you do? Bro, I don't. What would you do? Imagine you're in like your elementary class and your one of your friends just shows you like your mom's titties. Like that's like that's <laughs> crazy. And that, that's a big thing that a lot of people need to understand. I understand OnlyFans is a good way to make money, but you also have to kind of have some type of self-respect. I mean, it's one of those things where <clears throat> OnlyFans right now, it could seem like a lot of good money. Oh, I'm getting paid. Like, I know some people who do OnlyFans that they make a lot of money. Like, I'm talking about, like, probably, like, 5K a month easy. You know what I'm saying? But it's one of those things where right now it's great, but in the future how is your view because you're not going to be an only fans model forever you know only fans is one of those careers that will eventually fade because your beauty will start to fade you can't be an only fans model when you're 85 i mean like you it's probably like a, it's like an athlete yeah it's after, like an athlete after a certain amount of time your body doesn't work the same way. exactly like you're always going to be replaced with a with like a newer younger girl that looks way better than you because you're like 65 like you know what i'm saying so it's not going to work forever so whenever you do finally quit it, and you see this a lot with porn stars, Mia Khalifa quit doing porn like 
te- like a, almost a decade ago, and it still haunts her to this day. Even though she's tried to give up, she's tried to pay people to delete stuff yeah. off of the internet for her, and it just won't go away. People only it's know her. Yeah. It's, it's going to be there forever. Like only, People only know her as that porn girl, and that's not what she wants. So it's one of those things where like it's going to be the same thing with OnlyFans. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you only get away with you only get away with the oh I'm gonna do it for a little while when you're small, right? If yeah. You, if you know, if you have no type of um, you know following and things like that, and you post something and you delete, it, oh oopsie, yeah, you got away with it. Yeah. But once you develop that following, those fans, and now you're going to events, now you're doing this and that, you're no longer getting rid of anything. That you're a superstar. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter what you do, you're gonna be there forever. Whether you like it or not, somebody's gonna have that download on their on the computer in the moment if. Let's say Mia Khalifa. The moment she starts deleting everything, guess what? This person's popping out over here. This person's popping over here. Yeah, exactly. And then they're making money off of it now. Yeah, so yeah, you can sell it exclusively. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, it, regardless of what you think, you're not. And, and I hear this a lot on podcasts that speak about OnlyFans and things like that. They don't think about that stuff. It doesn't even cross their mind that whenever they're 30, 35 with two kids and they're going to elementary school or middle school. And then this kid pops up and goes, hey, I jacked off to your mom last night. And then shows it to him. They're not thinking about that. They're not thinking about that. How is that going to affect your kid mentally? But a lot of the girls that do OnlyFans also... It's one of these things about this generation. A lot of the girls that do OnlyFans don't even want to be mothers. But the thing is that I feel like biologically... I mean, it's literally biologically. Like, that's kind of why girls get baby fever. Because they want, like, it's biological that they want a kid. Because that's literally how we are wired. Like how Nick said earlier, literally, if you take everything away from the human race, our only goal is to fuck and reproduce. That's the only thing. Like, literally, that's the only thing of every, like, you don't see hummingbirds going and paying taxes. (laughs) They're building a nest fucking and then they're dying. It's the same thing. It's the same thing with any organic, like, organism. It's like they reproduce and they die. That's what humans are. But the thing is that, so a lot of these girls that do OnlyFans are putting their motherhood instincts to the side to make money, not realizing they're all like, oh, I'm not going to, I don't care about having a kid. I don't care about having a, like a husband and stuff like that. But then later on in life, their priorities change. It's you know? a maturity thing. It's a maturity thing. They're thinking about now, but once they're, again, like you said, in their 60s, 70s, and there's nobody there by their side anymore. Because they're not young and beautiful. They're not popping anymore. Yeah. That's when they'll have a change of mind of what's worth it and what's not worth it. Like, whenever... Because this happens a lot. And I've seen a lot of videos of, like, people who are, like... And, like, even right now in, like, their 30s, their 40s. Like, their... Because this isn't, like, a new progression. Like, this has been happening for decades. You know, OnlyFans has been happening very recently. But the view of, like, oh, I just want to party, have fun, not have kids, not have a family. That's been going on for decades. Um... I've seen videos on TikTok where they like they're like I should have been more attentive to what I want in the future because now I'm 35, I'm living by myself. I keep getting fucked by random men. I don't have any family to look after me. Like I don't have a husband that can take care of me. I don't have kids that I can love. Like I'm literally just working, having endless dick that I don't care about, and regretting everything I did in the past. It's one of those things where like it's. You really have to think about the maturity aspect of it. Because, of course, when you're 20, you're as beautiful. Like, 
like I think you're your peak. I you're your peak. Yeah. Like peak beauty of men and men and female. I would say more female though. Peak beauty is in like between like twenties to like twenty five. It's like peak how you look is the best. Once you get to like 35, 40, looks fade. Men and women. So like you can't unless you're John Stamos. Unless you're John Stamos. <laughs> unless you're John Stamos or Shakira. If you're like that very minimal percentile <laughs> like you know then you're fine but yeah, just, just make sure you go buy their penis facial at their nearest local store you know yeah if you're so young <laughs> make make yourself look young be in the next pharrell be the next shakira yeah. john stamos penis but i do have a Korean. question because obviously the opposite is also true right there's the not having kids going with you know careers trying to make money and not thinking about the future right but there's also the opposite having kids too early not having a career not having money so, well, we can go around. What do you think, as a society, like humanity, right? What do you think would be more beneficial <coughs> on a long-term idea, right? So, like, long-term, do you think it's better for women, specifically in this scenario? can be men, too, though. To focus on their career first? Now, me personally, I'll give you my answer after we go around. Mm -hmm. But is it better for a woman to focus on their career first or have kids first? I think the most important thing is to not have 100% your career figured out. I think you can have a career, but the thing is a lot of the things that happen is that you go from having a career and getting into a career to 100% doing nothing but your career. I think that's two different things. I think you should focus on your career because of course, children are expensive and you're gonna have to take care of that child mon monetarily wise. So you should have a job that can help not only support. support you, but the child and possibly any other endeavor you want. But giving your entire life to your job and not wanting children at all, that's the disconnect that's happening in this generation. It's like, oh, I only want money and a job, and then I don't want children at all. That's where the disconnect comes, and that's where I think children should come after you're a little bit monetarily stable, but I don't think it should be like you have a hundred percent, like you're making a hundred grand a year. Like you need to be the most like expert level of your job until you have a kid. Cause by the time you get to that point in most regards, it's too late to have children. Yeah. What do you think? Tessa? Yeah. So it's funny. I was, I was reading a paper on this, <laughs> like most things. Um, I think there's two ways to look at it. You have the first way to look at it is assuming it's like a, father and a mother right if we want to go back in time to the traditional relationship sort of kind of counter arguing what julian said um you could do what was sort of kind of done in the past where you have the father as the breadwinner you know 40 50 hours a week and then the woman you know has kids stay home um and takes care of the children now of course that's a very unpopular view nowadays and i think a lot of people would would look down on that especially as like Oh, if I'm a woman, what if I want a career? If I want, to, what if I want to do this or that? Um, which you know is acceptable, but I think you know, sort of countering that is maybe you know, if you're a woman and you know you really want kids, you could sort of take that route. Or I think there's a second way to look at it: is it all just depends on what your long-term career goals are. Mm -hmm. Like I know some people personally who uh, want to become a professor. Um, and, you know, getting a PhD takes, you know, five, six years. So by the time they actually get into, into their career, um, they're going to be in their late 20s, you know, 30s, if that. Um, so, you know, having kids in that regard is, 
you know, after 30, 35 plus is almost impossible. Versus if you're gonna be something else that, you know, obviously doesn't require a PhD, um, you know, that may be a little bit easier. But I think on balancing kids and careers, I think it, you know, sort of kind of gets to a point where to a certain extent, you have to sort of accept that what do I perceive the value of having children versus the value of my career? So if mm -hmm. I, you know, work an extra three years and I get a promotion, that's going to bring me X amount of more money a year or making a month, right? Let's just say it's 10 grand more a year, whatever. Versus what do I value kids? Do I value that 10 grand a year more or do I value kids? Um, so I think that's just something you have to think about. Um, but I do agree with Julian to a certain extent, you know, by the time you're 30, you know, you're this executive level position or your manager or whatever, it's too late. Like most men realistically, you know, don't want to, you know, try to get with a 30, 40 something year old and have a kid mm -hmm. if that's even possible. Like, yeah, it's very, know. it drops exponentially in percentile when you can have a kid once you start hitting to that that phase yeah. where it's like you just isn't isn't it called menopause or something like that yeah where you start just like losing your eggs and it starts becoming a little bit less fertile yeah it becomes a lot harder it's not impossible but it's a lot harder to do but what about you, Nick? i agree with both i think it just comes down to the individual because <clears throat> either way whatever you do the whole purpose is contributing to the economy right so if you focus on your career you're making money for the economy, right? If mm -hmm. you didn't have kids, you're also making generations for the economy as well. Yeah. But it just comes down to the individual because unfortunately, the prime time for a woman to have kids is within their 20s. That's also the prime time for your career. Mm -hmm. It just comes down to what your... It's, about, it's a balancing it's act a balance, to a degree. Because also, as long as far as my parents go and I think everybody else's parents, you balance both. Yeah. You do a little bit of both. You can totally just focus on your career and not have kids, but also you have to think about the future when you're too old to keep up with them or even having them in the first place, right? But then you also have the other aspect where you have your kids really young, but you kind of don't have the money to maybe buy them their school clothes, mm -hmm. right? And they have to borrow from the lost and found or vice versa. So there's a balance to where you have one, regardless of how it is, you do have those relationships where both are really well off. Yeah. And those are very rare instances. But whether it's the man or the woman, you do have those situations where one makes more money and helps support, while the other one stays behind and helps the kids. Um, it just comes down to the individual, which one you want to be. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think people also need to, the going for off of the future thing, people need to also realize what they want in their deathbed. Because a lot of people don't realize, a lot of people don't think that far ahead. A lot of people don't even think like a day ahead, what they're going to do or a week ahead. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, for instance, I visited my grandma in October, so about like four, five months ago, around there, maybe like six or seven, I don't know. Time goes by fast. But I visited my grandma not that long ago. And the thing is that my grandma has always been is that I, she's had plenty of kids. She's had, you know, she's had like three kids. Those kids have had kids. Then like, you know, like she has so much people that pretty much came from her. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's a direct leak from her. From her kids having kids and her kids kids having kids. Like, stuff like that. People don't understand, like, no, I've never once asked my grandmother if her career was good. I never, I don't care about that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, back, whenever you're in your late stage of, of your life, 
what's going to matter more? I mean, so you, yes, your career could matter a lot depending on what you are in your later stages of life. You could be a CEO. You could be someone very, very highly important. That's kind of, that's almost unrealistic though. Not every single person is going to get to that high of a standing in life. So like what you're going to be, you're going to, instead of having generations of children that love you and that will be by your deathbed, that will let you go off to the next life or whatever you believe in, you're going to be like, you're going to retire. You're going to have a lot of money. Cool. No one's going to love, no one's loving you. No one, like you don't have children that are going to have children. They're going to have children that are going to be like, that's great, great grandma. That's great, great grandpa. Like you're just going to have what money. And it's one of those things where it's a very simple and very like, I understand it's an overplayed thing, but you can't bring money into a grave. You know, like even if you, you could be a, you could have a hundred million dollars in your bank and die tomorrow. And guess what? That hundred million dollars is just going to go back into the world economy. So it's one of those things where like, that's why I think having children is highly important because the only thing that the best thing you can give in this world is life. And that's the, that life can't be bought. It's one of those things where you can't pay someone to, for life, you know, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. I don't know. Elon Musk might be cooking something. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right, though. I mean, ultimately, nobody knows what the purpose of life is, right? I don't even know what my grandma's job was. Exactly. Like, that's how much like I don't. No one cares about her job. Like I didn't know what she did her entire life. I don't know what she did at all. But you do want to hear the stories about that's 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 a very good point because nobody knows. I mean, I don't know what my grandma did. Yeah. I know you, maybe she was like a nurse for a little bit, but you hear the story of when she was a kid, she had siblings, and then she had my dad, and hearing stories with her dad, and that's interesting. But nobody wants to talk about like doing taxes, and or like us, we do refinances for cars. You guys be bored, yeah, right? Yeah. But if I told you about us, I don't know, like totaling Chloe's car and throwing her middle console out the window, that's yeah, interesting. interesting. Yeah, yeah. me yeah. telling you about what the percentage of people is not, it's not going to interest you. But that's a great point, and that's where I was going to leave with mine. Because I know what my grandma did as her career, mm -hmm. right? But the only reason I know it is because it connected to an outside experience with the family. Yeah. Right? So, for example, my grandma and grandpa met because my grandma used to work at, um, well, my grandma's originally from Cuba, okay? So it's very backtracked, right? There's not as much technology, even to mm -hmm. this day, right? It's like the 50s over there right now. Yeah, so back then when she worked, she literally was the person who, when you would go to the phone, your phone you would put the coin in. The coin in would select something in the main center. Yeah. She would pick up the phone, be the operator, be like, what are you calling? And then she would move the pieces oh, to connect yeah. individually oh, to man. who you have to call. Right, so she had like a think of a panel of a hundred different people, right? Yeah. And she, she'll be like, "Hey, I'm trying to call so and so." Okay, cool. Bah. And then she will move the pieces to make sure they connect. Mm -hmm. Right, that's what she did. That is not what she tells me about. Yeah. I only found that out because I asked her about it because I was like, "How did that work back then?" But the way she told me her career was because she was explaining to me that one day she picked up the phone, and they were trying to call her house. Guess who happened to be? My grandma. Yeah. They were dating. Right? Or they were they knew each other from school, they weren't dating. Yeah. And he was trying to call to her house and she happened to answer the phone. And that's how the story became in and not her more and more stories of the family. She didn't really talk about her career. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. And it shows that like you don't really care you don't love your grandma because of the job she did. You don't love your grandma because of the money. Like you should get be a millionaire, you wouldn't care. And you would love your grandma because she's your grandma. 
that's that's kind of where I was coming with that. Is that like, like you can be the most important person in the world. You can be Bill Gates. You can be Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, blah blah. blah. You can have hundreds of millions of dollars, but that family tie, you having children, your children having children, you coming from generations and generations before you is the truly special part of living life because like even if, whether i die a poor man or die a rich man i'm still gonna have people who will live on this earth having my last name which is more than money can buy in any regard which is just cool as shit mm -hmm. and that's why i don't understand when people don't want to have children because it's like you want to your entire bloodline came to this just for you to not want to have a child like people fought through polio the black plague like people don't understand that for you to be alive right now every human in existence of your general of your timeline had to survive whether that was from the caveman days to where it was homo sapiens the very very first homo sapiens they had to live through everything for you to be alive right now and you want to shake ass on... And you want to shake... And you want to shake ass on OnlyFans and not have children. Yeah. Like, that's, that's to a degree, selfish. And, I mean, I forget the number. What, you might know, or you might know, too. What is, what is the uh, the odds of you being born? It's one in 400 trillion. Okay, yeah, now take like that. that and then do it for all of existence of your timeline. And also think about where you are in the world. It's one in 400 trillion that you were born in general. If you were born into a like into a moderate family that has good financial standing, that's probably like one in 600, 700 trillion. You could have been born in an African tribe that doesn't even know a technology exists. You know, yeah. it's like, you got to really put those odds. It's like, it's like you have to be excellent because you are so special. Life is special in general. One in 400 trillion. That's like winning the, that's like winning the Powerball like 10, like a hundred times. And then, but like I said, take that even farther. Because that's just from you and your parents. Or your parents, yeah. right? Take that from their parents. And then their, their, parents, their, parents. their parents. Yeah, like it's literally a miracle. It's crazy. For for your great-grandparents to have your great your parents, that's... For you, like, think about it. It just goes back and back. It's yeah. 1 in 400 trillion, 100, 400 trillion, 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 trillion. That all had to lead up for you to be on this earth. And you're wasting your potential and you're also not wanting to have a child. I understand to a degree, though, like, I understand economically why right now some people don't want to have children, because right now we're in a kind of a recession, at least in the United States. But it's one of those things where not ha not having a child because you can't afford it is fine. Not having a child because you don't want it, I think, I think is a little selfish to a degree. Because if you can't afford it, that's fine. Because... The last thing I would want you to do is bring a child into this earth and that child ends up struggling as well because you financially can't support a child at that time. That's a whole different circumstance. If you are of mental, physical, and monetary wellness and you just don't want to have a child, it kind of was like, I just don't understand it. And like, I don't think anyone will ever understand it. Everyone already has, everyone always has different viewpoints. But to me personally, like if you are perfectly fine and you can perfectly function as a human being in every realm of endeavor, why not have a child? Why not have someone that can continue your name? Why can't have why not have someone that you can bring into this world that they could potentially become the next scientist, next, you know, millionaire, next homeless person on the street, whatever they want to do. <laughs> yeah, no, and I'm and I'm with you, and I kinda of think 
say my part on it, but I kind of agree with everybody um, to a general sense. But the one, I guess not different, but the way I think of it is, um, I'm very traditional as well. Um, obviously, it's not the most typical thing right now, but yeah, being the breadwinner as a man, having the woman stay home, and kind of take care of the child, I'm okay with that. Now, granted, I don't have any opposition against a woman getting a job and working as well. Of course. But I think that's there's a time period and there's a time stamp for that. Right? So, for example, I'm 22. By the time I'm 30, I can still have kids yeah. as a man. As a woman, you might not. It says here, and I looked it up just out of curiosity, um, mid, by mid-20s, a woman has a 25 to 30% chance of getting pregnant. This reduces by the time they hit early 30s and 35 and older by 5% each cycle. Mm -hmm. oh, wow. Right? So pretty obviously it, it decreases per. Yeah, of course. Um, it's not gonna be five per because obviously you run out quickly, but it, it pretty much cuts in half at that point. Which is detrimentally less. Right. So as a man, I guess you kind of get a little bit more time to focus on that career. Of course. That compared to the woman. Which life's not fair, whatever, right? Cry about it, doesn't matter. But my thing is if you're a woman, and no, this is just generalizing, between your age of right after you graduate, 18. To 23 25 if you really are focused on your career that should be the time period mm -hmm. anything after that obviously if you care about kids should be about family yeah because i mean like i like i mean it all just comes down to the whole like your money's not going to come with you in the grave you can you can have because i don't know if, like i want i want the viewers and i want you guys to look this up later or even now if you guys can i don't know do listen to the podcast while also looking at this but if you go on tiktok or even youtube and say like like women regretting not having kids. There's a there's a lot of and it's quite depressing. I quite honestly do feel for these women because they all sound the exact same as women nowadays would probably act later on. They're all like, yeah, I used to like only want to party. I used to only want to like you know have fun and do this. I didn't want any man. I didn't want anything like that. Now I'm 30, 35, and I have nothing other than my job. Yeah. It's, a, it's a quite depressing reality that, sadly, a lot of people aren't opening their eyes to, which is a very possible reality for them as well, if they decide to not change their ways earlier. <laughs> and, and, again, going back to biology, you're biologically wired to not only reproduce, but also to provide support or love, mm -hmm. right? Like, if you think about it, what is the main reason for suicide? Yeah, the, the like, lack of love, lack, lack, of, lack of, of affection. Love, lack of affection, right? Why do you like that? Because maybe your parents don't don't treat you a certain way. Maybe you don't have a significant other. Maybe by the time you're 35, you don't have a significant other. Maybe you don't have kids, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's a very depressing life when you don't have somebody else that you can connect to at a deep level, mm -hmm. right? Because that's what, uh, I mean, obviously reproducing is the main thing, but as humans, that's how we evolve. We kind of rely on each other. We kind of build together. And if you don't have somebody to build together with, it kind of... It kind of ruins it, so. I mean, it, that's just my thought on it. It's like you have to kind of balance everything, and unfortunately, yeah, as a woman, you might have less time to be able to balance everything. Yeah. But. I mean, I don't know. I life don't know. is just a whole balancing act. I mean, it's one yeah. of those things where, like, life is unfair to everybody. I mean, some people, like, will like especially for women. I will say, women do have it in that way where they have to balance a lot harder. There's that, there's that study where women women become more, I guess you could say, mature before men. 
But it's also because I think women need to become more mature before men because of how life is thrown at them. I mean, like we said, I mean, once you're past the age of 30, your, your chances of having a child go down detrimentally. So really from the age of 20 to 30, it's only a decade. That's actually not that long of a time. So you need to grow up faster. I mean, most men, I mean, it's sad also because that's also a detrimental thing to men. Some men I know that are, they're like, I've met men that are in their 30s, 35, 40, that still act like teenagers. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, it's also a bad thing for men. Like, it's it's kind of a double standard type thing. It's kind of like a good and bad thing for both genders. It's just like, you know, it could, it's, it's good and bad for women because it makes them more mature faster, but also they have to juggle a lot more, you know, balance. It's a bad and good thing for men because now men have a lot more time to juggle and play with their time, but also because of that, a lot of men also don't become, also don't become mature.